today, but uh, we're down one guest and then one guest host, so we saved 30 minutes off. Still got a great show for you tonight. We got Pete Abiata. I hope I'm not butchering his name. Uh, he'll be on at the eight at 8.30. Uh, he's from the Middle Class uh, Film Class podcast, uh, which is on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well as Apple. He'll be our special guest host. We got a bunch of questions lined up for him. He's ready to bring some funniness to the show, and uh we got Sam, and I think Josh will be joining us here uh, shortly. So, uh, big show tonight, man. Yeah, sounds like uh, an action-packed show. I mean, we still have, uh, you know, the the low end of sports still, still kind of chugging away, you know, a little bit of baseball, tail end of basketball. So, it's good to, that, we're, that we're still planting some of that material with some fresh material. Well, you know, we I I didn't I didn't send this over on the rundown. I just read about this actually probably about an hour before the show, and I thought it was really hilarious. Um, so Deshaun Watson is um, organizing a trip right to the Bahamas with the offense, and uh, Captain Obvious Mary Kay Cabot of the uh, Cleveland Plains Dealer was like. Baker Mayfield's not expected to join the rest of the offense on the trip. Well, no, no shit, Sherlock. It's being hosted by the dude that just took your job. I, there's no way Baker Mayfield is going to go on this trip uh, with the rest of the offense that's being hosted by Deshaun Watson. Like, the, in, in the not news of the century. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, seriously. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, and also the other thing is, you know, there's a good the rest of the offense is going to get, like, you know, hand, hand jobs on the house or something like that, you know? Maybe. So, I, I don't know how many masseuses are making the trip <laughs> to the Bahamas. But, um, uh, you know, knowing him, he'll find them, you know? Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he's got a fucking masseuse finder app. He's a, he's a serial masseuse, you know, <laughs> I don't know, finder. But, you know, like, why? Ha- what are the Browns doing with Baker Mayfield? Are they just going to so I think like, like I, not pick up his contract? No, so like they they're on the hook either way. I think we spoke about this earlier. They're on the hook for that eighteen point seven mil either way, right? They couldn't they couldn't trade him before the draft. Um, there were a couple of you know maybe's ifs you know, and then all of a sudden Pete Carroll comes out saying that he's good with Drew Locke, and then you have you know uh, 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 the the Falcons you know were looking at him er- Initially, and then they signed Mariota and said, um, so, I mean. Another rumored place. Yeah, yeah. But then you also had, like, Carolina who needs a quarterback. Like, Sam Darnold cannot cut it anymore, you know. Yeah, but they drafted Matt Coral. I know, I know. Your your favorite, Matt Coral, they drafted him. He looked good. But either way, I, I still think that, you know, uh, one of these teams that needs him should have made the move. Now, 
if Watson has a suspension, Baker Mayfield's going to be asked to play. He is. But I, I, I said this before, and I'm going to tell you the team that should make a trade for him. Arizona Cardinals. If Kyler Murray is going mm-hmm. to strong-arm me right. for a new deal this early into his contract, right. and he's going to say, I'm not going to play unless you give me this money. And and I think, um, from what I'm hearing, Kyler Murray wants $45 million a year. What? The, the, the early reports, and I know we were supposed to lead off with NBA, and, and we will. Uh, we'll get to the NBA. Uh, but the early reports, is that Kyler Murray is seeking a six-year deal worth $45 million a season, $200 million guaranteed. Oh, yeah, I had to pause for a second because I can't – see, this is the problem with players and when they get drafted and if they outplay their expectation a bit, you know, or they're just a good player, that leverage that they have of saying, I'm not going to play unless you pay me, mm-hmm. that's such a, 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 it's such a shit way of doing things. Honestly, man, you got drafted in the first round, which means that you have four years that are owned by the team. In the fifth year, the team says, if we want to pick it up, we'll pick it up. If not, Go F yourself, right? Or we'll trade you or whatever. You have to see out your rookie-scale contract first. He hasn't even seen that through, though. No, he hasn't. And then uh, I think we got Josh joining in now. Josh, you there, bud? Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. All right, cool. Uh, So we were talking about Kyler Murray. And and you're right, uh, Sam. Like, there's – I don't need, and I'm not even saying he has to play out his entire rookie contract, but you got to show something more than what you've shown. You've made one playoff appearance in three years, and you were dreadful. He was dreadful in that playoff appearance against the Rams. He was god awful. And, and you don't. I mean, you don't. You don't, see, you don't see Lamar Jackson out here demanding money or uh, threatening to hold out. And, and to me, Lamar Jackson's proven more than Kyle Murray. He's got an MVP. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, He's he's been a better player than Kyler Murray, and Murray gets hurt. Yeah. That's the other thing. Kyler yeah. Murray can't stay healthy. Yeah, I just think that you I know, if you I don't sign think a contract make it through a whole season. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah think I mean, that if you I, sign I don't a contract. You should stand by it. You know. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, well, I agree with that. Too. I was just saying, if you go back the last few years with Kyler Murray. He starts off so good, and the end of the year, yeah. it's like it's a switch. He just he's not very good that second half. It's almost like his body is, can't handle that full eighteen game schedule. Either that, or he's so, secretly prepping for baseball. Yeah, know, we don't know yeah, about it. Even go join the, the another <laughs> terrible franchise, the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> I really honestly see that happening, though. I think what Murray's thinking is that let me cash out in the NFL for as long as I can and then make the switch while I'm still young, make the switch over to baseball. I don't know. I mean, and, but the thing is with baseball, you're not guaranteed all that money. If you can't, you can't make it to the big leagues. He's going to have to go back to double A, triple A and work his way up. Yeah. So who knows if he still has that, that good of the skills to even do that. 
Um, all right. So yeah, we got a little off topic from the from the jump uh, there, but I just wanted to talk about the the, uh, the the stupidness of the Browns and Baker Mayfield situation. So I want to go to the NBA playoffs, and I just want to start this off, boys, by saying, how about them Celtics? You guys, how about the naysayers over here of Josh and Sam didn't give the Celtics a chance. Didn't like their coach. Didn't think think he thought he would get out coached by Budenholzer, and here we are. The defense buckled down. Now I will say this: I think the Bucks probably win if they have Middleton. Tatum, Tatum played his ass off, man. He so, played. He did. Off. He did. And I'm I'm not taking anything away from him, but like, again, like you said before, Middleton not being there, that's an all star. Chris Middleton's been an all-star in the NBA, and he's a capable number two. He's someone else that you have to account for when you look at the offense. Not having him was huge, absolutely massive. Maybe they would have won, maybe they wouldn't have, but, you know, the Celtics are playing really good defensively. Like, their defense has been crazy good, you know. Um, But, you know, they're going up against the Heat, right? They're, that's the that's the one and two rated defenses actually in the league. I like the Celtics there. I like the Celtics. I think that's where the buck stops. I'm, I'm I'm going again against doubling down against the Celtics and saying that the Heat are going to win. The Heat, they, yep. uh, the Heat have a lot of nice players. Uh, they got Kyle Lowry. They got Jimmy buckets. They got Tyler Hero. They got Bam Adebayo. Fine, but they don't have a superstar. And I'm ready to anoint Tatum into no, 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 no. I I, I, I find that very hard to believe because because Jimmy Butler can still drop 40 points when he wants to, you know. Tatum, Tatum. The difference is that you know on the other side, on the flip side of it, you have someone like PJ Tucker can pick up Tatum. You know, yeah. Not this series. Not this series. You know, they, he, he, there's no. Grant, like a number two that's just like Tatum. So that's fine. You can go ahead and call him a superstar, but uh, we'll see. All right, all right. All right. I, mean, I don't know how you sense? can't say Jimmy Butler's not a superstar, though. That's exactly Jimmy what Butler I just said. I, I can't believe that this guy's just like, oh, yeah, well, they don't have a superstar. Oh, okay. All right, so Bullshit. Jimmy Butler is a superstar. Let me ask you guys a question. All right, let me ask you a question. And I'm not talking about these young bucks who are on the come up. I'm talking about guys that have been in the league for 10 plus years. Okay? Jimmy Butler has played on the Bulls, he's played on the Timberwolves, he's played on the Sixers, and now he's on the Heat. Okay? Jimmy Butler is a nice, nice player. He's a great player, he's an all star player. He's probably a Hall of Fame player. Butler ever been a top five player at his position? Yes or no? Yes. No. Yes. No, yes. yes. There's a at difference. There's forward. a difference in playoff, playoff Jimmy Butler and regular season Jimmy Butler, and that's the you, you saw it in the bubble. Um, you you you'll see it again. You saw it this year against the 76ers. You're gonna see it again, and that's what makes that that Heat squad better, in my opinion. Now you have like. Victor Oladipo can come off the bench and drop 30 still, you know, if he wants to. One game, if he's needed to. 
You know, if they beg him to do so, he'll go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah, that that's why. That's why I, I don't. I don't agree with like. You know, they don't have a star. They don't have. They have. They have all the pieces, man. And Jimmy Butler, what? In my opinion, as a small forward, yes, he was top five at some point in his career. Not right now. Not right now. Jimmy Not right Butler now. set to any team. Are they instant championship contenders? Every team he's been sent to, he's brought to the playoffs. Okay, but you can single handedly. Well, I gotta say, does the Heat make the does the Heat make the finals? Two years ago, without Jimmy Butler, no way. That's your question. No way. Without the bubble, that was an, that was an, uh, that was just like that Lakers championship that year. That was that was an aberration. That there's an asterisk next to that because they played in a bubble and they had three months off between the last game of the regular season and the playoffs starting. Asterisk. But answer the question: Do they make the finals without Jimmy Butler? Yes or no? The answer is going to be no. Fine. Maybe Jimmy no. Butler I don't know. got that team. No, that's a definitive no, dude. What are you talking about? Not maybe no. The it's Heat a definitive no. Final. Weren't they like the sixth seed in the, in, in the Eastern Conference that year? And they made the finals with Jimmy Butler. Because of the bubble. <laughs> and because of the bubble. That's why. Who cares if it was? Who cares if it was again in the bubble? They still had to go through the number one and two teams in the in the Correct. league. They had to go uh, through Brooklyn. The players didn't change they, though, Mike. You know, not like they were playing the the, the younger Giannis, uh, the under younger Antetokounmpo uh, brothers or something like that. You know. All right. Well. All right. So, I don't know. I'm, I like the Celtics in six. I think their defense. They have. Marcus Smart, reigning defensive player of the year. They got Jalen Brown. They got Tatum. They got Robert Williams. I think they're going to lock the perimeter down. I don't think Tyler Harrow is going to score much in that series. I I don't think that uh, Bam is going to play a huge role in that because the Celtics are a three-point shooting team, and they're not a big drive-to-the-basket team. I don't think Bam Abadon, I think he's going to be neutralized in that series. And I think the Celtics take it in six. I just uh, – that's my goal. That's my prediction right here. You heard it here first. We're going to watch Tatum take the step to superstar level, to super to, – to, uh, to Giannis, KD, Steph Curry level. We're going to watch Tatum ascend there. And then there's another player that is taking that step as we speak. Luca, okay, Doncic. That is the next – him, Tatum, some of these other cats are the next generation. And LeBron's getting older, Chris Paul, Durant, these cats are – James Harden, these guys are getting older. The, it's the next – the new blood, and Luca. Luca's on the come up along with Tatum. Those are your next two superstars. See, I mean, I thought Luca was a superstar before this so- – the last couple of years, he's already proved he's a superstar. How can you say he's an up and coming superstar? Come on. Because he has. This is the. This is like the first time he's went far in the playoffs. You can't. You can't anoint someone a superstar until they start to get it done in the playoffs. And and the difference is, Luca is now in the Western Conference Finals. They beat a 64 win Sun team. They are now in the Western Conference Finals, and he does not have a second star on that team. Who, who is the best player on Dallas right now aside from Luka? Jalen Brunson? 
Dorian exactly. You're, 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 you're proving my point. The last look at the last couple of years. That dude's been a superstar. That dude has been solid. If it wasn't for him, but yeah, even even with Porzingis, even with Porzingis, that half season, pretty much between him being injured and stuff, uh, it wasn't fruitful because you know Luca. I don't know. I have to agree with Josh that I'm not saying that there's a differentiation between superstar or not, but I think he showed that he was a superstar before he started winning in the playoffs. You know, just by the way that he plays, right? And the praise exactly. he got from LeBron and all his colleagues that he plays with, same thing. They called him a superstar before he was actually a superstar. Because so, he came out of nowhere. Will- who knew who he was? We're not willing to call Tatum a superstar. But I never said he wasn't a superstar. To- but you're going to give it to Luca? I'm going to give Luca. I'm going to definitely give Luca a superstar. Yeah, I give Luca a superstar over Tatum. I think they're both at that level. I think they're both at that level. I don't know. We'll see. But I now, do you give the man any chance, any chance at all to beat the Warriors? Uh, very slim. I give him a little bit, just for the fact that I didn't give him a shot to beat the Suns and. They beat the Suns. Yeah. I don't think anybody gave him a shot to beat the Suns. No, but I feel like the Warriors are a different animal. They're way deeper than the Suns are. Yeah, and they have, like, their shooters are real shooters, you know. Their their shooters are the shooters that will make you pay over and over. Whereas the Suns, you know, yeah, Devin Booker is a real shooter, but supporting cast around him, you know. Bridges, decent three-point shooter. You know, you have a couple of people that are good three-point shooters. But, I mean, between Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, um, you know, they have shooters for days, dude. Even Wiggins got a, got a decent shot nowadays. He he hits those corner threes nowadays, you know. Who'd you say? Andrew Wiggins is, is knocking down corner threes. He's knocking down corner threes. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, the young guys. And I mean, they just they they got they're, they they're deep rotation. So I I I don't know, man. I, I think the Warriors win that series in five. That's those are my predictions. I think the Warriors are winning in five, and the Celtics are winning in six. Uh, I will agree. I think Celtics do win in six. Uh, Golden State, I say they win in six, not in five. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, I'm with you on so, the finals. I think it's going to be Celtics and Warriors. I think that's a hell of a finals, and I think the NBA is very happy with those markets in the finals. Dude, I would love for the Cel- I would love for the, the Warriors to make the finals just so it pisses KD off even more. What? I think the Nets, I don't know if they're going to do it. I think they got to, uh, what should we call it, um, they, they got to trade Kyrie. Yeah, they they need uh they they need more than just Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, even if Ben Simmons comes back and they do still have Kyrie, they still I still see a problem. You know, 
Yeah, especially. I, I think they're like falling in the trap the Lakers are doing. What's that? I think they're falling in the same trap with the Lakers. You keep yeah. signing these older players, and they're not they're not that good anymore. So I, I read I read so. this uh, one thing that now that that Genie Bus is is going uh, to Magic Johnson and Phil Jackson for some information on what to do uh, coaching wise and so on and so forth and everything else, right? Uh, I, I read this one thing. It was very interesting. Phil Jackson wants to get rid of LeBron James. Yeah, I saw that. What? Yeah, Phil Jackson flat out said, get rid of LeBron James and recoup whatever you can off a 37-year-old and build, believe it or not, build around Russell Westbrook. And, and not, not, not build around, but he's the only star to keep on the team. Yeah. Even get rid of Anthony Davis is what he's saying. Well, I'm with him there, and I actually did. I did this uh, trade earlier that I, I I really don't think it's a bad trade, but I, I involved the Nets, I involved the Lakers, the Clippers, okay, and the Rockets. And the trade I did saw Anthony Davis heading to the Nets and Russell Westbrook heading to the Rockets, okay, in exchange for John Wall. And then the Lakers getting uh, Paul George from the Clippers, okay? And then basically, and then the Nets getting, uh, and the Clippers getting Kyrie Irving, and that's having Anthony Davis. And so I, why are you going to trade for John Wall when he hasn't played in two years? I, with a $47.5 million contract. But because his, his Rustbrook has a has a terrible contract that nobody wants, and I, well, I don't so know, does John, I, and John Wall also has a terrible contract that nobody wants. He does, he does. But I think he works better with LeBron than Russell Westbrook does. And then if you put Anthony Davis with the Nets, if he stays healthy, Ben Simmons, Durant, and Anthony Davis anchor your defense in the East, right? Because when Davis is healthy and if Simmons is healthy, they're both what, first team, second team, all defensive yeah. players? Yeah. And then you put Kyrie Irving on the Clippers with, Ky- with, with Kawhi still and some of those guys. And it's almost like an everybody wins trade. The, the, the Lakers now have Paul George and John Wall to team with LeBron James. And um, I don't know. When I did through the trade machine, everybody got better, except for the Rockets. Who, who lost two wins off their expected things. But the Lakers, the Nets, and the Clippers all got better by making this trade. So, but, you know, it's not, you know, it's obviously not real life, but I think the Lakers need to shake things up. I think the Nets need to shake things up. And I think the uh, the 76ers got to shake things up. And hey, nobody's going to want Harden, though, dude. No, you're right. Nobody's going to want Harden. Uh, we got a caller from Jersey uh, who's ready to talk. Okay, let's see what uh, our caller from Jersey wants. And we got our guest coming in seven minutes. So let's see what our caller from Jersey wants. Hey, how's Good evening, it going? sir. You're on the All Big Cover podcast. Good evening. Well, well, the Nets had, you know, the Nets start out great, but ever since they had with the Harden incident, and when I, you had to bring in Ben Simmons, which is absolutely nothing for us. It was just a complete mess. And with the COVID, so it was only natural that the Nets were going to collapse and fall apart right there. 
So the Nets really, the Nets need to really work on that for next year. Now, what I was surprised at most of all, I think everybody is, was the collapse of the Suns. I mean, how do you lose? How do you blow a game like that? You had the game, the series in the bag, and then you just blew it at home. That has got to be so embarrassing. And Luca just stole the show. I really didn't think that Luca could carry that whole team. He, yeah, that gets, got, that gets back to what I was saying earlier. Luca is a superstar. Luca's legit. I I think I would yes. take Luca over Devin Booker all day long. Oh yeah, no question about it. I mean Booker's not bad, but compared to Luca, no. And Chris Paul kind of showed his yeah, age Luka's... in that game too. Yeah. I kind of feel like Luca is a modern day Larry Bird. He can pass. He's a nice passer. He can rebound. The only thing about Luca is he's not a plus defender. He's not a great defender, uh, but he can score at will. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that can stop him. Um, but I, you know, and then this, I, I kind of feel bad for Chris Paul. Uh, just another playoff letdown. But Chris Paul is a good player that yeah. he goes any. He went to Oklahoma City for a year when they had nobody, and he took them to the playoffs. Chris Paul makes all the teams better, but he can't get them seemingly over the hump to a team. I know. Lakers should have taken Chris Paul. Have... Yeah, Chris Paul made like your bridesmaid. Never the bride. But never the bride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah, I uh... – it's been an interesting NBA playoffs, but we got some pretty tasty matchups here for the conference finals, Miami and Boston mm-hmm. and Golden State, Alice. And, uh, you know, if Luka can knock off the juggernaut Warriors, then, I mean, he's he will have gone through some really great teams on the on the way to a potential championship. But I don't, yeah. I don't know if he's quite there yet. Mm. No, not like, not really. But you know, he has, but he has, you know, stepped up. Uh, he has stepped up, and he has really given Dallas, you know, um, potential here. So anyway, yeah. also uh, the Rangers last night. I don't know if you're covering hockey, but the Rangers last night. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, everybody. <laughs> what anybody who's not a Rangers fan. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm a Rangers fan. Everybody thought that they were left for dead. You know, down three one, and all Pittsburgh, and all that Pittsburgh had to do was win. But then, uh, game five, mm-hmm, things started to change. With Crosby injured, that turned the tables. At least I think so. Yeah. Oh, and game six did. was still I mean, out. Game seven kind of worried me a little bit, but with five minutes to go, oh yeah, the manager stepped up. <laughs> no, I mean well, I'll have to agree with beautiful. you. I mean, without Sid the kid, that that Pittsburgh is just it's not the same team. So, no. All props to the Rangers. Three-one series down, they come back and and stop Sid the kid. So, absolutely amazing. Yeah, we we were going to get to hockey in the next segment, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty crazy NHL playoffs. A lot of game sevens. Um, I don't even know who the favorite is. I know Florida came in, I think, as a top seed or top two mm-hmm. seed. Uh, they they look pretty good. Uh, Toronto, Colorado, Colorado's looking awesome this year too. Yeah, yeah. I would say they're Florida, one of the favorites yeah. between Florida and Colorado. I think they're the two favorites right now. Yeah, I, I would agree. 
But uh, mm-hmm. thank, hey, thank you for uh, for calling in and uh, giving your opinion on uh, some NBA basketball. And we appreciate. It. And feel free to to uh, call in again. Thank you very much. If it fits my schedule, I will. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, so we got we should have our guest uh, calling in here shortly. We're waiting on Pete uh, from Middle Class uh, Film Class uh, calling in. Uh, so, uh, Josh, just to give you a little background, he's a uh, film uh, aficionado. He's also uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to uh, cars. So we got some movie questions lined up for him. Um, so, uh, you know, feel free to uh, fire in some questions uh, if they come up at the time, Josh. So, But he should be on for about, uh, I don't know, I think 15, 20 minutes, and then uh, we'll get on uh, to the rest uh, the rest of our show. Um, uh, and I think we'll go, well, I had NHL playoffs. Now none of us really know anything about the NHL playoffs. So, uh, we'll just kind of, uh, try to, uh, force our way through it because I, I don't know anything about hockey and I, I kind of wish I did, but, uh, it's not, you know, with having three nephews that play the sport, you would think that I would know a lot more about it, but, uh, um, you know, what's crazy. The, the, the only hockey game I would say, like I actually paid attention was when they changed the technology uh, for the TVs where you would be able to see, like, the color of, like, where the puck is, like, kind yeah. of sort of. So um, at that time, I, I started watching some hockey just so I could be like, oh, cool, that's where the puck is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. No, I, I would strategy. say. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, I think a problem with uh, Cincinnati, we live in Cincinnati, Mike, is, all we have is the ACHL team, so we have the Cincinnati Cyclones. So you're, it's right. not NHL, so you you don't pay attention. If we had true. Uh, a professional team, we probably would pay more a little a little bit more attention, you know. But yeah. I know a little bit about hockey from going down to the Cyclones. Uh, I mean, it, it's just like watching the Mighty Ducks. You 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 put the little puck in the goal, so. How you do it? Playing a lot of defense, a lot of offense. So <laughs> that, that, that's that's that, hockey for that's you. All, is that how you score in hockey? You just gotta put the puck. A lot, of, a lot of a lot of high sticking. Hey, a lot of hey. little, little cross checking. <laughs> hey, you never know. I'll, I'll go off my uh, my movie of uh, Fasciano, uh, Happy Gilmore. Just go yeah. home. Just get in your home. <laughs> Why don't you just my, go my home? Life, Josh, Josh and his brother are in our podcast league, or not? Are in our dynasty league that's drafting currently. So they uh, they joined into the dynasty league. So uh, you know it's, it's it's been it's been fun. Having oh, fans in it too. Yeah. What? No. Well, I'm trying to run the team together. But hey, real quick, we got we got Pete joining us in. Uh, from middle class film class, so I'm dialing them in. Uh, so uh, if you guys have any background noise, make sure you uh, try to mute that as as we're just going through the interview. But uh, all right, here we go. Hey Pete, can you hear us? I got you guys. How you doing? Good. How are How's you going, doing? Pete? Hey, I'm Pete. doing Sorry. great. Doing good. Good to be here. Hey, thank you for uh, joining us here on the uh, All Bases Covered podcast. So. Uh, 
I know you got uh, your uh, podcast, uh, Middle Class Film Class, um, that uh, it looks like you uh, release every Monday and Wednesday. Why, why don't you give us a little background on, on what that podcast is about and some of the things you do on that? Absolutely. Um, uh, so the show comes out Mondays and Wednesdays. You got it right. And uh, we used to do, like, one long episode. Um, it's the three of us, uh, Joseph, Tyler, and myself. We're close friends in real life. We record in person. It's a great great energy, great vibe. And we do the whole thing kind of like live to tape as if it's a radio talk show, like a radio, like a morning show sort of thing. Okay. So the energy is pretty good. We put all the sound sound effects in live, all the, uh, you know, intro music, outro music, uh, music to seg- different segments and stuff like that. And it's a really good vibe. And um, basically what we do is on Mondays, we do a uh, gab and chatter episode, which is movie news, weekly weekly stories, upcoming projects, uh, interesting things that are happening around the movie world. And then all three of us give uh, streaming recommendations to the listeners for what they can watch that week, uh, whether it's a recommendation or an anti-recommendation. <clears throat> and then on Wednesdays, we do one deep dive review into one of the three of our uh, choices for you know whatever movie it may be, whether it's The Godfather or some new indie movie that none of us, none of us have seen before, or like a classic like a Space Jam or something. So um, we uh, we'll go into some of the nostalgia stuff, some of the good stuff, some really bad bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's a it's a fun time, and um, you can get anywhere you find your podcast. And uh, um, I think that what sets us apart a little bit different than the other uh, movie podcast, hundred million you can find out there is that um, since we record everything uh, essentially live, no editing. Um, it's uh, the energy is a little different and uh, it's, it's a fun time. It's a really fun time. Awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, kind of, you know, we do this live where we're still uh, trying to get, uh, you know, better equipment and things, but uh, Sam calls in from, from Michigan uh, and then Josh, uh, he's also here in Cincinnati. We would love to uh, all get together in the, in the same room, but due to different schedules, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult for us to get that done. But yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just do it. We do a live show, and we we kind of boost certain sound effects, things things as we go, and kind of trying to come up with uh, new things uh, daily. But uh, um, you know, I, I wanted to uh, ask you here. Um, movies are. It seems like since 2020, things have changed tremendously with how we how we see movies. You know, it used to be oh, yeah. a movie would hit the theaters on a Thursday night. Uh, for a big premiere, and then they'd be out in the theaters for about three or four months, and then you'd get the Blu-ray released, uh, you know, uh, usually on, like, a, I think Tuesdays is when the new Blu-rays, when the movie would come out on Blu-ray. And then COVID yep. hit, and now it's, uh, things are going to streaming so much faster. Every studio and every network has their own streaming service now. So has COVID changed forever how we consume movies? I'm, I don't think I don't think it's really possible to even go back to the way it was before, and okay. I feel like honestly, honestly, COVID kind of forced along something that was inevitably going to happen anyways, because the days of serialized television shows where you tune in every Thursday to watch whatever show it is for me it was uh, Breaking Bad when it was live when it was being released live, that was a show that I just I couldn't wait for the next episode. Oh yeah, Sopranos. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's so many shows that you're just you really are eager, and it's like you go to work the next day, 
everybody's talking about what happened on last week's episode. And one guy's like, don't talk about it. I haven't seen it yet. Blah, 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 blah. It, that's unfortunately, a by, I, I want to say is almost going to be a bygone era um, because, yeah, there still is that um, cable television stuff, but so much of the uh, serialized content, you can't even call it TV anymore, is available one season at a time, big episode dump on Netflix or HBO or something. And um, right. it's that, that in itself, just because of the nature of people having ultra high speed internet and having, um, gosh, you know, a 75 inch flat screen in the living room. Really, right? Yeah, that too. It's, I mean, anybody, who, you know, just about anybody, as long as you, you know, you know, you can, you can afford rent, you can afford, you know, a fairly decent TV to watch your show on or your movie on or whatever. So I think it was going to happen that way anyways, but COVID forced along and now the studios and the streaming platforms almost have to make, make a deal with the devil with each other where Christopher Nolan was one of the few holdouts that was like, no way tenant is not going to be released streaming. I don't care lying in the sand. I'm not going to let it happen because my movie is designed to be in a theater and right. HBO signed, signed a deal with Sony and every, and so every new release came out on HBO the same day it came out in theaters. And it's like, that's really, that's really hard to, <laughs> it's really hard to beat that uh, as a consumer. Um, I'd never seen so many new releases on the same day as I did in 2021. It was so cool to be able to just flip on HBO and watch, you know, whatever movie it was that just came out, um, Mortal Kombat or Godzilla versus Kong or, you know, whatever it was that right. year that this came out at. So, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't think there's any going back and it's, it's not like it's not going to go back to any version of it was, there might be a, something similar, but it's going to be a modified version of it. And I think that the rise, the rise of the megaplex, you know, movie theater, that the expansion's done. If anything, they're going to start closing and there's going to be less theaters around showing these big budget movies. And, um, you're going to have to travel a little bit further, unfortunately, if you're not in a big, heavily populated area. Is that kind of I, why I think, uh, more, is that why you kind of see like Marvel, like Dr. Strange just came out big opening. Yeah. The next week you had that huge drop off and that's happened to the last mm-hmm. few Marvel films before you didn't have that big drop off. Like you, you've seen, could this be you would have part like, of the you whole would have sustained volume? for a week after week, you know. Yeah, I think that the people that are naturally going to go on release day or release week are going to do it no matter what. Those are diehard fans or those are purists that just only watch their new releases in theater, which I respect that. Uh, I'm not not that person, but I respect it. Um, The only reason I go see a movie on opening night is so that we can do a, a release day episode for our show. Other than that, I'd rather wait for the crowds to die down, let it kind of peter out a little bit, and then I'll see it with 10 other people in one theater. Um, but the same people that would go second week or third week, which is myself normally, I'll just wait for it to go. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and see Doctor Strange in theaters. I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I don't, I'm not a hater by any means, but um, I haven't caught the last, like, three or four Marvel movies. I, I know this is sacrilege, but I haven't seen Infinity Game or, uh, or Endgame or Infinity War. Still, <laughs> so I, I I'm just saw it like last year. I literally just saw it last oh, okay. year. Okay. Yeah, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> no, no, I was but, totally. Uh, I watched. You know, I didn't. I didn't finish Game of Thrones, uh, the eighth season until the pandemic hit. Actually. Oh wow. So yeah. 
Well, those people are my people. You know what? You know, my problem is if I like something, I'll rewatch it over and over again. So I watch Seinfeld every day, Sopranos every day, things like that. Sopranos like through like ten times now. I I I I see you see you watching Sopranos like nonstop, Sam. Like just nonstop. It's all. (laughs) So who is the who is the Seinfeld fan of your group? Who's that? Who just said that? Oh, it's me, Sam. Sam. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's Sam. Yep. Okay. Uh, Seinfeld is like one of my top top three shows of all time. You uh you may appreciate the show if you ever, if you tune into middle class film class because one of our uh, one of our hosts Joseph he I I don't know in the last like three years I don't know if I've ever seen him not wearing a piece of Seinfeld paraphernalia on his person at any given time. Oh, that's crazy! Every single episode we have a Seinfeld reference in it. He's we'll be breaking down <laughs> some I don't oh, know some obscure absolutely call yeah it's all pipes man it's all pipes. <laughs> it's I know we're it's I mean. I'm, I'm with you. I really love Seinfeld as well, and it's it's crazy. It's almost like The Simpsons, where you can find any scenario or any uh, Hollywood property, and Seinfeld has done it, and, and Simpsons has done it. Yeah, yeah, they're pioneering shows. Um, when when it comes to uh, the theater experience, um, you know, I you know you were talking about you know waiting a couple of weeks, I, and I'm in agreement with that. But it's I think a lot of people would rather watch it at home. Like I I took my son who's eight. Uh, he had his first movie theater experience. We went to go see the new Spider Man movie um, that came out, and we had waited two or two or three weeks. Uh, for it to play out, and then we kind of were hoping crowds would rebound, and we caught a Saturday at noon show, like a matinee show, and the theater was still pretty full, but we had people behind us talking nonstop throughout the movie, and then Typhoid Mary yep. sitting next to us, coughing and hacking up a lung. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> this, like, this and I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm not trying to catch COVID while I'm here at the movie theater, and, and sure. it's just, you know, I can, I can watch it from the comfort of my home without a bunch of people yapping, and, and that's my biggest pet peeve is when people are talking during mm-hmm. the movie. I, I hate it. It is it bothers, and it bothers me at home. Like sometimes I'm watching movie <laughs> for the first time, is asking me nonstop what, what's happening, and I'm like, you're watching the same movie I am, and this is the first time I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Wait ten minutes, you'll probably get the answer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The last couple movies I've seen was like Ghostbusters, and or there's one before. Both times, we had to go get the manager. I'm like, I'm a Karen. I'm sorry. We had to go get the manager <laughs> to get these people to be quiet. Like you're ruining my movie experience. It's like I paid sure. to come watch a movie without the noise. If I wanted the noise, I'd watch it at home. You're married with kids. That's that's your getaway. That's your getaway from the kids, mm-hmm. from the noise for two hours. So yeah, um, they no, kind of ruined my it, experience. But it can crush it your vibe very fast. I'll go and watch. Yeah, well, it's I've seen a lot. I've seen probably more in the last couple of years in theaters than I have, um, you know, in the rest in, for the rest of my life just because of the show because of our podcast. And, you know, we, we do one segment on there. It's like a, almost like a bonus episode. We call it Field Trips, where we all three of us go see a movie in theaters that's a new release and tell every, all the listeners whether it's worth their time or not. And um, the, I, I saw everywhere, everything everywhere all at once in theaters. I saw that twice, actually, because it was so damn good. 
Um, and then I saw the Northman, we saw the Batman and, um, gosh, what was the other one? But those experiences were pretty good because the crowds really respected the, you know, the art of cinema as douchey as that sounds. Cause it's like, there is no other place where you can just completely be submerged, emerged in that ridiculously loud audio, the, the, no distractions. I mean, you feel dirty, open up your cell phone if you know, if you have that tendency. Um, so I, I really enjoy it, but I am that person that if I'm going to wait two or three weeks to go see it in theaters, now it's like, eh, what's another month or two? I'll just watch it streaming at home. And I don't have kids, but if I did that, that temptation would be even higher. Like, why would I risk the 50, 50 coin toss, whether my kid's going to be able to make it through the movie or not and waste 50 bucks on a night out and ruin my Two, two and a half hours I had planned where I was going to get away from, you know, life for a moment. So I exactly. I don't know if it's ever going to go back to that. And it's it's so nice to watch a movie at home. <laughs> it really is. It is. Yeah, my favorite stuff is here. Uh, exactly why I'll call Mike up. Mike, did you download this on Plex yet? Mike, get it <laughs> on Plex so I can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the here, here's pl- a fun fact. Uh, pl- uh, did, okay. Did you, do you guys remember the show's Family Matters? Step by step, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back in the '80s, early '90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, 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 that was their uh, TGIF Friday. They had a Friday lineup, right? Yeah, exactly. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, a, one of my apparently a family member was actually one of the producers slash directors on them shows, which mm-hmm. I just uh, recently found wow. out. Wow. So yeah, kind of interesting. So it. Where's, so where's it, yeah, it's, it's fun. It, yeah, I know. I feel I feel honored. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I wish I knew him. I'd be like, hey. The closest I got to something like that, the closest I got to something like that was uh, a buddy of mine. I grew up with him. He did. He went to the New York School of, uh, uh, you know, film design or something like that, and he eventually graduated and started working. He, he one day messaged me on Facebook back in like 2006, I, I believe. And he says, Hey, I'm not supposed to tell you, but there's a series called series called game of Thrones that's coming out. And I'm doing all the CGI for the first season. I'm out here in Ireland, blah, 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 blah. And he sent me a bunch of pictures and he showed me a bunch of cool stuff. He apparently did CGI for like GI Joe movies. He did a ton of CGI and he still works out of Vancouver now today. And that's Sweet. like, that's my closest I got to someone that I know that's in the biz. That's all. Awesome. Oh, that's, that's funny. I, ha- I have a friend that's also in Vancouver and does CGI work. I wonder if they know each other. They might. His, my, my buddy's name's Alexander Jacquet. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ask uh, Jenna if she knows him. Um, you know, the uh, funny story about kind of that, not knowing what people do for a living, you know, knowing people for so long. I, uh, I dated a girl in Southern California. I'm in Northern California, right near Sacramento. And um, Southern California is about a eh, seven hour drive from here, maybe to get to LA. And uh, I dated this girl whose uh, cousin was, we hung out with, anytime I go down there, we go hang, hung out with her as well. And um, she was older, older than us, maybe, you know, 20 years older. And um, one day we went to her house and she had these uh, three Emmys in a row on her table, like these statues. And I'm like, Oh cool. Where'd you get these? And she goes, Oh, I got those a few years back. I'm like, Oh cool. They, they feel, they're really heavy. They feel real. And she's like, Oh, they are real. They're real Emmys. I have three Emmys. (laughs) I'm like, what? And she was, uh, she worked, she worked for Fox sports network and she did, um, 
she did uh, um, coordinating with traveling. So she set up travel accommodations for all like the color commentators, you know, all the announcers and stuff for NASCAR, MLB, NBA, all these different organizations. Whenever Fox was featuring them, they'd have to fly all the commentators out, put them up in a hotel, get them shuttle service to and from. And apparently if that show, the pre-show, whatever, I guess those can qualify for Emmys. If you, if you win it, everybody gets an Emmy, including the, you know, production staff and all that stuff. So it was kind of funny. Oh, nice. Uh, that is kind of funny because uh, my wife's friend, her husband actually works for Fox too. Uh, he was huh. one of the cameramen that did the NASCAR races, and he got a few Emmys from that. Ah, so I think funny. he got like two or three too. I guess he's handing them out left and right. Participation trophy yep. awards, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is 2020, so everybody gets... Um, we had the Oscars just happen a little while ago. Obviously, it's kind of old news. But I wanted to ask you, it felt like a pretty weak field for best picture. Uh, did CODA deserve best picture, or do you think it won because of an extremely weak field this year? Hmm. I don't think that... I don't think necessarily. It, I mean, it was a little bit of, in a little bit of a weak field. Um, there were some really good, strong contenders, though. Um, I I didn't really care too much for Don't Look Up. It was not a not a I'm not I wasn't a fan. Um, I didn't. I, Nightmare Alley had some really fantastic production, but outside of that, I think it, it was well. It was good enough. Um, if it was up for me, I probably would have chosen Dune, which is probably sacrilege to like old school film people and the old school Hollywood people because there's a lot of CGI and there's a lot of loud noises and you know expect visual spectacle and um, less you know nuanced storytelling. Even though I feel like there is quite a bit of that, um, so maybe maybe it maybe it did. Um, I've heard some interesting takes about why Coda won this year versus some of these other ones because. Have you, have you guys seen Coda? I, I've not watched it, uh, but I, I have did not watched one of the other nominees, which I thought was an excellent movie, which is Power of the Dog. Um, yeah, it was, yeah was that was pretty good. Uh, but I did not well, see Coda. I know it has something to do with uh, with you know uh, deaf people, I believe, right? Or am I totally off base with that? But I'm probably no, about it. But I've seen it. No, you got it. It's a CODA is an acronym. It stands for Children or Child of Deaf Adults. And okay. uh, the, the story follows a, a, a able-bodied completely. She has full, full hearing uh, young girl. She's like 17, 18, something like that, high school, uh, a senior in high school. And she wants to join the, the chorus, the choir and, at her school, and she finds out she's actually really good. She's got a great voice. And no one in her family can even hear her sing, obviously, because it's her, her dad, her mom, and her older brother are all um, completely deaf, can't hear anything. And they own, they run a fishing boat out of, uh, it's like uh, Gloucester, like outside Boston. And um, it's a story that, you know, you've heard a million times is, um, you know, young girl developing, coming into her own with her own emotions and becoming her own self and getting away from, you know, the, the, stranglehold that her family has over her life. And in this case, it's almost like an allegory for like a child of an immigrant, where a lot of times if you are a child of an immigrant, you speak English and whatever language it is, you know, where you came from, but your parents may not. So you end up spending your entire life translating for your parents and you're kind of tied to that and leaving that structure 
is a very difficult thing for young people to do when they have that weight on them, that they're the only person that can communicate between the rest of the world and my parents. And this girl has the same thing. So the story I felt was fantastic. A lot of people said that it's kind of, it's been done before and it's a, it's formulaic and it's paint by numbers and all this stuff. But the acting is phenomenal from people that I've never even seen before. And the story, I didn't think it felt like a stereotypical or rote or whatever. I felt like it, it really nailed exactly what it was trying to do. And boy, the emotions fly. I cried like three times in that movie. So, and I'm not a huge crier in movies because it's really, really good. So um, I encourage you guys to watch it. I think it's a great watch. You can watch it with, you know, the wife, you can watch it with the kids um, or by yourself. And, um, but the re- I feel like the one take that I've heard on this, and this is not my take, but I, I tend to agree with it is that, We've been dealing with two years of shit, you know, through pandemic bullshit, you know. Hope, excuse, yeah, excuse my French, yeah. French, but um, no, it's okay. We're you're in our show over here, so you feel free to come yeah, yeah. out. We're good. I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> so, but we've been dealing with all this like depressing stuff and just like war and, and constant pandemic and who's who's wrong with this and election cycles and blah 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 blah. And it's like it seems like there's so much negativity that maybe maybe that's what the academy wanted to push forward is like some positive message and this really sweet thing and get people to watch that just to kind of like put a positive spin on the whole thing because every one of the other categories or um, uh, movies in that category pretty much without fail are maybe not uh, licorice pizza or king richard um yeah or I don't know. They all, they all just have kind of a dour overtone to it and really not a very strong positive ending where Coda is just, it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. It's so good. So um, it's, it's hard to say it doesn't deserve it, but it doesn't feel like a quote unquote best picture movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That, that was kind of my thought was it didn't seem like it was a, the typical best picture movie, but I'll, although I'll, I'll say we've seen some of these movies win best picture, I think didn't Green a movie called Green Book win it a few years yep. ago? That was another that kind of, and then Moonlight I believe won it another year that also didn't really feel like a best picture movie. And I saw Moonlight, I, I thought it was dog shit, and then I thought the shape, the Shape of Water, which I think won like four or five years ago, was also the complete yep. dog shit movie. But uh so you didn't like the shape of water? What's that? Yeah, you didn't like the shape of water? You don't like the guy uh, the girl hang banging a fish? No, I thought it was just complete utter horse shit. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> okay. I mean if I wanted to so how do they uh, Go ahead. How do how do they determine determine these movies that they put up for best picture? Because a lot of these movies I've never heard of until they announce them. I'm I'm pretty sure that there's a a board of like um a board of directors for the academy because the academy is something you have to sign up for if you're an actor or a, you know any sort of production crew or anything like that you have to sign up to be in it. So like for example, people like were kind of a lot of controversy about Will Smith uh, smacking Chris Rock you know this yeah. year. And people are like, oh, well, well, they're going to kick Will Smith out, but Woody Allen gets to keep his, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, Woody Allen isn't even in the Academy. He doesn't, he's never subscribed to the Academy. He's not in it. So he'll never get nominated for anything. Um, so 
there is a board of directors who I think the nominations come from. It's almost like they hear buzz and there's, there's lobbying from the, um, uh, from the different studios where they'll say, this is our best picture candidate from Sony. This is our best picture candidate from whatever. And then the international features, each country has a, a, a selection process and they put forward what they think is their best one movie for that country. And this is just my understanding. This could be, you know, wrong from year to year because every year changes, but the countries put forward and they say, this is our entry for China and our entry for Korea or whatever. And, um, but the actual voting though, the voting comes, gets done by everyone in the Academy, including members. Um, so if you, if you're a voting member in the Academy, you, you could be an actor, you could be a producer, you could be anything, um, or just some big wig up in the Academy making, you know, a million dollars a year to do nothing and watch movies. That sounds like a job for me. That's, that's, that's what I would like to do. Get paid. Uh, to do nothing. That's a dream, dude. I would, I would totally do that. We, uh, when I was in a fraternity years ago, we used to have this game that we played called Worst Movie Survivor. And we always did it on a Sunday after, after being hungover. We, we, we would get up at 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, and then we would wait for Blockbuster, which is an old, you know, I feel old now talking oh, yeah. about Blockbuster, but we'd, we'd run down there, pick out the five worst movies that we could find. And we were all hungover and everybody was tired from the night out at drinking. And then we'd pop these movies on. And if you fell asleep and there was designated bathroom times or food time in between the movies, but if you went to the okay. bathroom or you sleep, you were out of the pot. So everybody put money into a pot. Uh, in the fraternity, and they, like I said, if you fell asleep or you got up to go to the bathroom when it wasn't a designated time, you were out of the money. And I never wow. made it through to the end. I always, I always fell asleep in like the second movie. I can never keep myself <laughs> through all five movies. It was just too terrible. It was much too terrible of movies uh, for me to stay. It was away five from, so. five movies you get to watch back to back. Yeah, so we watched the first one, then there'd be like a 15-minute break, 20-minute break, let everybody go yeah. to the bathroom, and then and then we'd come back for the next one. Then we'd take, after, I think usually after the second or third movie is when we'd all take a break for like food. Like you, there was like an hour break to go get food or go make food, whatever, and come back to the house. And then I, But I never made it through the second movie. And I was always out before then. I was just like, oh, shit. And and then, you know, somebody was usually walking away with, like, a $200 pot, which was kind of nice. You know, it was beer money for the whole week. So, uh, I mean, wow. but, Mike, uh, I, I, I don't expect much from that. I mean, you are known for leaving, especially at, like, wow. 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody's at the yeah. bar, and we look around, and Mike's gone. Bob <laughs> disappears. <laughs> It's called the Louis leaf where I just I don't want to I don't want to be guilted into paying and people like giving me shit for wanting to leave so I'll just like kind of back away in the distance and then go catch a cab or an Uber home and then everybody's looking around and they start calling my cell phone like where'd you go and then I'm I'm home sleeping and it's a, it's a really nice yeah. way to make exits just the quiet the quiet back out leaf I just want to ask you uh, one last question here um, yeah sure uh, I wanted to ask you, um. What are some movies that don't hold up to you? So, like, for, for for instance, like, for me, I watched a movie when I was younger called The Knockaround Guys. I don't know if you remember that. It was kind of like a gangster movie. Yeah. It had, like, Barry Pepper. Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel, baby. Yeah, and then 
I rewatched it like probably like two years ago, and I'm like, this is a dog shit movie. Why did I think this was good, or why did I think this was okay? What What are some movies that just flat out don't hold up, or like you rewatch it again and you're like, this is not nearly as good as I remember. Well, there's two two that come straight like straight to mind for me um, is uh, the aforementioned Space Jam, which we reviewed on our show. It was a uh, it was a pick from Tyler. He wanted to he wanted to go down the nostalgia road, and uh, uh, let's just say it's better off to just you know never revisit your heroes because holy crap, does that movie not hold up? It is uh, a <laughs> best viewed best viewed through the lens of a ten year old uh, who was very excited to see uh, Bugs Bunny play basketball with Daffy Duck. Not even Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan is great icing on the cake, but like a young a young child just watching cartoons play basketball with each other was exciting, and then you put Michael Jordan stupid the board, never acted a day in his life in front of the green screen. It's like it's the 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 only redeeming part of that movie really was the voice acting of Danny DeVito, uh, Wayne Knight uh, fixing a divot on the on the green, and uh, Bill Murray at the end. But uh, so that 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 one sure does not hold up. It was. Uh, and then I kind of was excited for Space Jam Legacy, which we also cover on the show, just to see if they okay. learned from their mistakes and went went into like a a, a different um, I don't know like I don't know if they were like trying to appeal to the older audience because of all the people who had nostalgia from Space Jam, or they really appealing just to the kids again. And it was the latter, and it was unfortunate because there was there was droves of WB properties in the background watching like the game and the final game in this one in space jam legacy. Yeah. And, and it's stuff that you would should not be in this movie. Like the droogs from a clockwork orange, uh, violent oh, yeah. raping I, gang, gang yeah, of miscreants <laughs> in this game right. movie. And you're like, what, the, what is this? Who okayed <laughs> that? Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that movie doesn't all, the uh, the basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't wait for to find out who loses so I can just rape them. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of it too is when you first watch a movie, you could watch it ten years, ten years ago, and you watch it again. The way you view movies has changed from that time period too. So, yep. Yep. and then there's a lot of Ab- movies that absolutely. you could watch the first time watch it a year later and you're like holy shit i completely missed this how did i miss this yeah yeah so. there's a few movies that i've seen that i really didn't care for and then i wa- i watched it again i'm like i don't know i feel like i should like this movie but something wasn't right with me and maybe it was just i was having a bad day or whatever it was or my mind wasn't connecting on all cylinders at that moment you know some sometimes there are time like did you guys see the green knight from last year no, I didn't watch that yet. I, I, then, I, I, I watched like half of it and fell asleep. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely got a, a slow pace to it, and um, yeah. the the director made a movie that I freaking love, which has an even slower pace, called uh, A Ghost Story, and um, uh, it's a beautiful beautiful haunting movie. And it's uh, so when when it, the Green Knight came out and it was Dev Patel, and it's uh, this cool like night story and some sort of fairy tale i was in and i watched it in theaters and i was like hmm, i don't know 
I don't know. I don't know anything about this. I feel like there's something there and I'm not missing it. I'm missing it. So I waited a couple of weeks till it came streaming on home, uh, at home for like 20 bucks. And I rented it and watched it with my girlfriend who didn't want to see it in theaters. And we both loved it the second time. Uh, so, I mean, there's something to be said about it. And that was only three weeks apart or whatever, but, um, <clears throat> what was the other one I was going to say? So kind of, kind of a cheat because again, because it's my child mind versus my adult mind, but, uh, there was two movies I watched on repeat as a kid. They were spin-offs from the Star Wars movies. One was called Return to Endor, the Ewok Adventure, or Return to Endor and the Ewok Adventure. And they're basically like, it's basically like a, a 10-year-old girl going on an adventure with a bunch of Ewoks and set on the planet of Endor, but it has nothing to do with the actual Star Wars world. Say that again? It's, it's a, basically like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, pretty much. A little bit, yeah. It's actually more like Lord of the Rings with uh, Ewoks instead of <laughs> Hobbits. That's the Ewok adventure, and they all go on this journey to find this thing, and they all get little uh, magical trinkets along the way from the wizard Ewok or whatever. And it's like, it's 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 pretty bad. It's not it's not great. It's poorly acted, but it's got Wilfred Brimley in it, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> when I was yeah. a kid, though, I freaking I loved it. I watched that VHS till you couldn't till it had lines on every scene, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know. I there's uh, I can't remember. There's there's no other movies that that come to mind other than I remember watching the background guys. I think I was in my early twenties when I saw it, and then I was in my late thirties when I watched it again. And I was like, "This is a dog shit movie. This is just uh, I, I, the dialogue is terrible." So uh, for, for me, it, for me, it would have to be uh, uh, this. Uh, it was this one Mel Gibson movie called I think it was called Payback. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that one. And you know what? When I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is so cool. He's getting back on everybody. Blah, blah, blah. I watched it again like 10 years later. I was like, this is shit. This is terrible. (laughs) This is absolutely terrible. And it's kind of funny. It's an um, interesting movie. You you go back and you watch so many movies, like from Adam Sandler, like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. And Mm. you're like, Man, these movies are freaking dumb as shit, but I love every up. fucking minute of them. Yeah, they do <laughs> hold up. Those ones do hold up. <laughs> they still, the Adam think, Sandler, no matter how dumb they are, they still hold up. Uh, you know, um, uh, it, it, it's, I, I don't know. There's some comedies that I don't think hold up through time, but Adam Sandler definitely does, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll say one movie to, that... Uh, is Anchorman. First time watching it, thought it was the one of the best Will, Will Ferrell movies. Watch it again. I can't stand it. I was like, man, this oh, is really? freaking still retarded. It is still funny. Anchorman is still great. It's still funny, it's still great, but it holds up. Oh, Pete, I want to well, thank there, you for taking the time. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go no, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna say two two comedy movies. Yeah, I want I want to give you guys leave you guys with two comedy movies that are more recent that have that for me. Well, there's there's I guess three. One all time classic, Wayne's World, still lives yeah, up to this day. Love it. Still still one of the funniest SNL adaptations ever. Um, and then uh, two more recent ones, uh, Hot Rod and MacGruber. 
McGruber is <laughs> so so dumb, and it is so good. I love every second of that movie. Um, and then Hot Rod is even dumber, and that may not work for as many people, I think. But uh, I feel like both of those are cla- will one day be considered classic comedies that had never really got their day. Yeah, I, I just think uh, a lot of the Andy Samberg movies they're 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 very underrated. Yeah, yeah. So I think he is a, for what he does. Yeah, he did. Uh, Palm Springs was was really really good version of Groundhog Day. It came out a couple years ago. Yeah, and uh, that was a good. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> yeah, super fun. Okay, uh, thank you, Pete, for jumping on and taking the time out to be on our podcast. I really, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, uh, everybody listening, if you uh, please go check out Middle Class Film Class. Uh, sounds like a great podcast. I'm going to add that into my uh, into my list of podcasts that I'm currently listening to. Uh, we, we've loved having you on, and, and Pete, hopefully you'll, you'll come back on the show sometime. Uh, yeah, down the, especially when these big movie releases coming on uh coming out we'd love to talk to you about them so i appreciate you taking the time i know you're on the uh you're three hours behind us so uh it's right about dinner time i think for you so uh, i appreciate it Steve, <laughs> and thank you for uh for being a guest uh, on the all bases yeah. Cover podcast no it's been a pleasure guys thanks for having me and uh i'll just just to remind you know the listeners and, you, and yourself if you if you're if you're tuning in the show and you're like what's the rhyme or reason with this you know some one episode there was like five movies on it. One episode there's just the one. If you're if you're gonna download a Gavin Chatter episode, it's just a really straight conversation about upcoming movie or upcoming movie news and then some recommendations. So those episodes are a lot more fun and then uh, kind of carefree and more ridiculous. And our, our deep dive episodes, you're gonna get a little more insight to a movie that you may may really enjoy or may, maybe you've never heard of before. So if you're if you're going to look through the catalog, just find a movie that you really enjoy, download the episode and see what our take is on it. And uh, you might find yourself uh, take, looking at it from a different perspective. And um, uh, again, let me know if you ever want to run through some of these uh, big releases. I'd happy to put an upcoming list together for you and your listeners. It was a good time being on the show. So thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, thanks, Pete. Pete. Did it. All right. Talk All to you right, later. Thanks, Pete. All right, guys, that was Pete. Uh, I'm sorry, I hope I'm not butchering the name. Abiyata, uh Middle Class Film Class. Uh, that was a great guest, man. Uh, really good interview. We got some good questions in. Had a lot of good insight, guys. So uh, we got about 19 minutes left on the show uh, today. Uh, so um, let's uh, let's shift things real quick back to uh, sports. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it is the NHL playoffs. Um, we were talking about this right before Pete joined. Um, I don't know anything about hockey, uh, like I said before, but I my biggest thing with hockey is I understand that they have lines that come in, and they have the scoring lines, and they have what they call the checking line, which is more of like a defensive-minded line, and they, I know how the power play and penalty kill works. I don't really understand, like, strategy. Like, I, I feel like if I were to, like, watch hockey, I would, like, say shit, and, like, someone who's, like, a true hockey fan would just look at me like I'm a fucking idiot. Like, there's people that you watch with, like, football when they're like, oh, oh, so it's uh, it's first and ten, so they got to get, what, ten yards to get a first down? Yeah. <laughs> Four tries to get it. I feel like like I would be I would be that guy in hockey, and then, then they'd be like, just shut the fuck up and be quiet and watch the, watch the game. You watch, you watch soccer, don't you? 
I do watch soccer. I do watch soccer. And I do too. I, so I same premises, it, pretty much. That is uh, you you got your offsides. <laughs> um, so uh, I can't remember the other one where the player uh, shoots it across the rink and the other player gets it. They can they call that uh, that's icing. an illegal touch. Icing. They call that icing. 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 Yeah. So, um, but I mean, hockey's pretty pretty easy to to get into. It's like I said, it's putting the putting the puck into the goal. You you got you gotta pass the puck a lot and you're looking for your best shot. So uh it's easier when when I you, will say this. I'm sorry to cut you off, uh Josh. Oh I find that a live uh, hockey event a live hockey event is actually a lot of fun. I've been to Red Wings games It really is. And it's tons and tons of fun though. I imagine so. Yeah, I I've a Blue Jackets game before, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, I, I can't even imagine being in Detroit, where it's Hockey Town USA, and what that atmosphere. Oh, was. It, it was nuts! It was absolutely wild. It was packed out. It was, and they they weren't even doing great that season. It was like two, three years ago, before yeah. pandemic, actually. Yeah, they were They weren't. Yeah, doing I mean, so what great, happened to but, Detroit, though? Yeah. They they lost Detroit all their good players. Haven't been able to re reproduce them. They haven't been able to get them. Like the young talent hasn't panned out. Yeah, I mean they were they were one of the best teams in the NHL for ten twelve years, and they just they fell off. Um, I think that was yeah. kind of similar in the nineties with the Dallas Stars and uh, the Colorado Avalanche. They were they were two of the top teams too. Yeah. So, uh, I would say what the well, National you know, Predators uh, and yeah. the Las Vegas Knights. The last few years, they were they were top teams too, and all of a sudden they just fell off. So I, I think with a hockey team, you probably got three four year window to get the cup, and then you you have to reload. Yeah, and it's hard to reload in the NHL. I guess so, man. It must be pretty hard. I don't know anything about it, so I don't even know. Like they have the draft <laughs> night, and I don't, I, I don't know how you know what players or how young players. I don't know any. I know like Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, right? And I know like a handful of others, but that's about it. I know like the superstars in in hockey, but I did, I do like to watch some of the games when they're on on the weekend afternoons and it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. It, it's fun to watch uh, the games for a little bit. So I, I definitely think – I think Sunday we got three games. You got Florida and Tampa Bay. You got Carolina and the Rangers. And you got Calgary and Edmonton on Sunday. Uh, so I might be – especially that one thirty game, Florida and Tampa Bay, I might be tuning in to, to check that one out. And I used – on January 1st, I like to watch the uh, the hockey winter classic where it's played outdoors. Yeah, uh, that's always that's a good match. Yeah, so, all right, moving on to our final segment here, guys. We we got about 14 minutes left. I know what one thing we're going to talk about is going to take up a lot of time, but I want to mention a dubious achievement uh, that had that The happened. Reds, baby. Uh, what's that? I said this, is, this has to be our red legs. Yeah, it has. it is our red legs. We are the sixth team. In the history of Major League Baseball, to throw a no hitter and lose. 
It's a typical red loss this year. Typical red loss this year. I don't even know how to sit here and say we we threw a no-hitter, yet we still lost. And how we lost is I think they walked the batter home. So, so foul, Hunter Green scored the one run. Yeah, so Hunter Green in the in the eighth inning. So Hunter Green had the no hitter seven seven and one third. Uh, he walked the, the next two batters, and that's when they pulled him. And uh, then I I don't know if the pitcher came in, and uh, the next pitcher walked the next batter, but it was a uh, infield hit that one of the Reds players didn't make. It should have been an easy double play, but they yeah. messed it up, got the run scored, lost one nothing because of it. So, like I said, it, it's a typical Reds loss this year. Uh, but hands down, give it to Hunter Green for, for throwing an awesome, awesome game. He's a, yeah. he's a rookie. A rookie in his, like, yeah. sixth or seventh start he- this year. I mean, come on. Phenomenal. If, if if Hunter Green and Nick, Nick Lodolo turn out to be what the Reds think they can be, then this might be a short rebuild. This might be uh, where we're shitty this year and maybe shitty next year, and then all of a sudden the young talent comes to – but honestly, if I'm the Reds, you got to deal Luis Castillo, right? His, his contract's coming up, I believe, in a year or two. Get some nice young pieces for Castillo, and honestly, I would trade Tyler Male too. Try to get some young pieces there, and and then hope that in two or three years they pop and and the, and, the, and expedite the rebuild. Because honestly, this team's not going anywhere this year. Probably going to win forty five games this year and lose a hundred and some odd hundred plus games. Just trade Castillo, trade Male. Uh, you already got rid of Winker and Suarez. Uh, didn't resign Castellanos. We don't really have anybody on the offensive side of the ball that we can trade. So might as well go to the pitching. Uh, Castillo is still a good trade chip, I think. And I think you can get a decent return for him. But if they hang on to him too long, uh, it's going to be like another Johnny Cueto situation where you get minimal in return. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, but – I 100% don't trust our front office to make the trade to get the right pieces. We've seen it over no. the, the winter. We're trading players. We're trading Suarez. We're trading Winkler. And we're getting two injured players. Like, come on. I think, yeah. how does that make sense? You know the know. kid's injured. Why are you trading for that kid? Get somebody else. In the hopes that, in the hopes that they're upside is worth it at some point down the line. But, yep. you know, I I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, the other thing that bugs me is I, I play fantasy baseball, and last year I had the best record in my league, and I lost in the championship. Fine. This year I'm off to a terrible start. I thought I drafted a pretty good team, but injuries are fucking killing me. The, the injuries happen like – a pitcher will have one start, then he'll miss the next next five because he has forearm soreness. Jonathan well, India I'll, has been out with hamstring issues. Elroy Jimenez so, uh, has been out 
with with shit. Like these injuries are ridiculous in baseball. Like it'll be like knee soreness, okay, and then the guy misses like four games or so, and I'm just like, what is baseball injuries now pop up so fucking much, and guys miss time. Uh, they're on the the ten day DL, and they're on the fifteen day DL, and I'm just like. Jesus, guys, can you guys play baseball? I mean, I don't remember ever a time where players missed this much time like they do now. Well, the, the way you've got to think about it is what happened to football a few years ago when they didn't have a preseason the first couple of weeks, how many of these football players had hamstring issues? They had calf issues. They had leg yeah. issues because they, their bodies aren't used to that. Same thing with baseball. You don't have a preseason. You're stuck. Yeah, you're going to work out on your own, do that. But it's not to a game level. So injuries are going to occur the first couple months because of that. Because your body's not used to getting broken down in the in the preseason or in training camp. So I, yeah. I think the first month is you're going to see a lot of the injuries until their bodies get warmed up and where they should have been by the, by this time. It makes sense. Same, you've been pretty quiet here. Is it just that the the Reds are terrible and you just don't want to talk about them? <laughs> yeah, and the Yankees are doing actually amazing. So yeah. I don't, don't want to irk anybody else. Thank you for twisting that in. I mean, the Yankees, you know, they just buy their teams every year. So Dude, all those – all those, whatever was bought, you're getting multiple home runs in every game. <laughs> or whatever they spent. Well, speak, uh, speaking of the home run, so, does uh, – uh, Go ahead, Josh. I think, uh, speaking of home runs, they said home runs are down this year. Is MLB going to fix that? Are they going to adjust that ball again so the fans can see these home runs? They Honestly, the home runs, to me, fine, they're cool, they're, not, they're fun to see, but I want to see some fucking stolen bases. Yeah, man, some stolen bases or, like, you know what, like, like, a, like triples, that, you know, that are close. You know, right. I want to yeah. see some with close tags at second too. You know, right. exactly. I mean, they, I mean I, some action. Everything's a fucking strikeout or a home run. It's just like the NBA. Everything's a three pointer or a free throw. And, and that's why I agreed with them when they got rid of the shift. I said I hated that because, I mean, yeah. science does show like, hey, you know what? Joey Votto is going to hit it from second to first, nine out of ten times. He's not going to pull the ball. So we're going to stack our third, our second, our shortstop all on one side. That ruins yeah. baseball. So. Yeah, so they changed the the actual ball itself, right? So they made it a little bit more yeah. dense. Yeah, they've been and, changing um, the ball the last few years. I mean, I still, I'm still watching the, the Yanks, like, seriously, the judge, then, you know, knock it out of the park. Um, I know numbers are down, but yeah. I guess some of it's still there. Uh, the power's still there, and the Yankees also playing a very hitter-friendly park. Um, they're, they're, it's meant for home runs, much like some of these other parks we see. It's it's a very hitter-friendly. It's a smaller ballpark. The dimensions in Yankee Stadium are, are fairly small, so comparatively to some other pitcher-friendly parks. Um, um 
the last thing I want to get to, though, uh, before we wrap up tonight is, I don't know if you guys have, Josh, I know you're a big wrestling fan. Um, Roman Reigns has signed a new contract, and in that new contract is less apparent. Okay. So, word on the street is WWE, which I think is a colossal mistake by them, is now going to book Roman Reigns like Brock Lesnar, where they're going to have him for big events, where it's it's they're gonna, it's going to be a big deal when Roman Reigns wrestles, much like it's a big deal when Brock Lesnar shows up. So you've now put both champion uh, heavyweight championship belts on Roman Reigns, and now he's going to not wrestle as many shows. Uh, I think that's a colossal mistake, especially when Roman Reigns is really your only marketable star, and that's to no fault of other people on the roster, but to, to their writing and their booking decisions. I feel like WWE can't get out of their own way. 100% agree with that. I I think I'm fine if you want to book Roman Reigns that way. I understand he he's had leukemia, he's battled COVID, He's he's had issues. He's 37 years old. He's getting up there. He needs a lighter schedule. He's trying to go to Hollywood to make movies. I'm okay with that. Take the goddamn belt off of him. Let me watch a Kevin Owens have that belt. Let me watch Drew McIntyre have that belt. And grow with it. Hell. Put it on fucking Elias. Elias was the hottest thing three years ago, and you you made him a mid card. Then they booked him terribly, and it's just like there's a lot of guys. Finn Balor. Finn Balor was the first Universal Champion, and then he got hurt, and they never let him get to that level again. AJ Styles, AJ Styles, Cody Rhodes. I mean, you're changing. I'm sorry, but if you're gonna, if you're going to go part time, you don't need to be the fucking champion. You don't exactly. need to be the champion if you're going to be a part-timer because you can show up for the big fights. You can show up and, 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 and have a program with someone. You don't need to keep the belts on you. And if they're going to keep Roman Reigns as the ultimate champion with both belts, and now they're going to have him fighting at four pay-per-views a year, this, it's fucking dumb. They already took him off Hell in a Cell. I don't know if he'll be at Money in the Bank. He'll probably be at SummerSlam against somebody, which will probably be Drew McIntyre. But no, they, uh, they're going to hold off Drew McIntyre fight until they do the, the pay-per-view in Wales, from what I read. Um, they'll have him on Money in the Bank. Uh, they already took him off, like you said, the next one. Um, what the, the plan is, apparently, is to keep the belts on Roman Reigns until WrestleMania when he faces The Rock. You don't need the belts for Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Sorry. No, you That's don't. Be so your main what, event. Is, what are they going to have him drop it at? Royal Rumble? Because he can't have both. Because The Rock doesn't need both belts either. So is he going to drop exactly. it at, like, WrestleMania or, like, Elimination Chamber? Like, or not, not WrestleMania. Is he going to drop it at, like, Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber? I don't think they're going to have him get beat by The Rock, though. It, I think they're going to they're going to have Roman Reigns beat The Rock. Here's the passing of the torch from family member to family yeah. member. 
And then Roman Reigns can ride in the sunset, like, hey, I'm the best in this family. I'm going to go make movies now. But like Sam said a couple weeks ago, he doesn't have the charisma as The Rock or uh, John Cena. Cold. John or John Cena. Cena. And Stone Cold made shitty movies, except for The Longest Yard, yep. which he wasn't a key person. But John Cena and, and The Rock have been entertaining, but there's countless wrestlers who have made shit movies. Hulk Hogan was one of those guys. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I just, I don't I love that movie, though, with Zeus. No, yeah, no, there, no, were low bu- there were low-budget movies with, like, DDP in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, though, man. I, I don't, not all wrestlers are great actors. Roman Reigns has admitted that he's a, he's a good talker. John Cena and The Rock were different animals. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to be a company that takes your most prestigious belt and then you don't have a good tag team division and you let your intercontinental and U.S. champions wallow in mediocrity, then what, the, then what fan interest yeah, do you no. have? It used to be a time where the intercontinental championship was, looked, was revered, and that was the stepping stone to being a big star. It was either given to your best worker or it was a stepping stone belt where they would see how you carry that belt and then give you a shot at the fucking world title. Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Bret, Bret Hart, Hart, Shawn Michaels, all those guys were intercontinental champions. It's a pride thing to have the intercontinental right. title. But, like, no, what, what I was saying is that, uh, you know, when it comes down to having a part-time wrestler like that, really, I'm, I'm looking at Roman Reigns now as a part-time wrestler. Because if you're not towing the line and you're the only star, really, the WWE has now fully marketable in that manner, if you're not towing the line, then, you know, I don't think he deserves to carry both belts. You know, give it up to somebody else that's going to be putting in work and deserves it, actually. 100% agree. But, uh, exactly. That is all the time we got here today on All Bases Covered. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Sam. Uh, we want to thank our special guest, uh, Pete, uh, from Middle Class Film Class. Uh, it's been a great show, and we will be back again on Friday. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And tune in on Friday. We will have Carl uh, Darden from the Navy Sports Network talking NIL and if Navy can ever get to a point in sports where they're competing for national championships. So thanks, everybody. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday. And thank you for the Oh, 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 oh,